Immediately a man was nailed to the cross, he lost all his rights. And if you ever get nailed to the cross, you'll lose all yours too. We love ourselves so much. And who are, we, who are we talking about now? Unbelievers? No. So-called believers who have never understood what it is to take up the cross and put self to death. See, because in the last days there's going to be very little preaching about the cross and death to self-life. And so, when there's no preaching against death on death to self, self is going to flourish in the lives of many Christians. They won't even know that you cannot follow Jesus if you love yourself. I don't ask people if they're saved anymore. Who isn't saved? From the White House to the Jailhouse. <clears throat> I'm asking you, is Christ, does Christ live in you? Christianity is the only religion in the world where a man's God comes and lives inside of him. Thanks be to God that when I finally acknowledge that I can't do this, it's not possible for me to live the Christian life on my own. I, I'm not called to chart my own course. I'm not called to create my own destiny and ask God to bless it. I'm called to follow Him. I'm called to give up the rights to my life and walk with the Holy Savior. I'm called to let His mind be formed in me. His life become my life. His ways become my ways. His purpose become my purpose. His plan become my plan. And then the power of God will come upon me. Run from those that are picking your pocket in the name of Jesus. Run! Run from churches where men and not Christ are glorified. Run! Run from those who preach division between races and cultures. Run! Run from preachers that stand and tell stories and jokes. Run like you've never run before. Good morning, welcome, or good day, whatever time of the day it is for you, wherever you are at. We're rolling through August 2023. It seems to be about the 14th. <laughs> time has just seemed like it's going faster and faster and faster. And the world, oh, hey, it's getting better. That's what they tell us. But they, whoever they may be at any given time, usually have no idea what they're talking about. This world as we know it is in decline. Um, the New Agers, the unrepentant types will continue to tell you that things are just blossoming. And uh, those of us who have our knees burn out from carpet rubs of being on them and praying have blisters on our fingers from paging through our Bibles eyes strained we know better 
We live in a world that we cannot immediately escape outside of dying. And that's what God wants. He wants us here because those of you out there who are true believers, I really am going to tackle this as much as I can in the time that I give myself that uh, we have a we have a serious issue and the serious issue is not just with people outside the faith although it does incorporate them in but even people that claim to be in the faith the apostle paul tells us in uh, chapter 11 of first corinthians and then i think it's chapter 12 of second corinthians to examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith. Now that's to a church. I keep saying this. You know, these these letters of Paul were not written to heathens. They're written to former heathens, just like we were. They were written to people who came out of darkness into the marvelous light. We'll touch that later. Of Jesus Christ. They came out of that heathen worship where they had a God for everything. And they figured out through the teachings of Paul and the other apostles that there is one God. And that one God incorporates a tripart being God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. We won't tackle the... the uh, uh, trinity today because i don't have time today people are you know the, the bible is very solid in the old testament specifically that we are not to set up other gods other than god the father you will not make a god with your hands a god of stone or a god of wood because that was the op, the optimum way for them to do it. It was called idol worship. You won't make a graven image or an idol. Now, I, I don't really think, I mean, there are some people that do that to this day. They have icons and idols and all kinds of other silly things that they get into. We're not going to knock on any specific religions um, because we know who they are. But what we will say is in our own minds, we can create an idol. Be it a kid, grandkid, car, uh, your work, your job, you know, uh, it becomes idolatrous to you. It's more important to you than anything. And God takes second, third, fourth, fifth, or seventh place. This does not make God happy. This does not make God smile down on you and say, oh, look how you treat them. They're, 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 they're more important to you than I am. The God who walked this earth, his name was Jesus. And anybody that wants to argue that Jesus is God may take their own time and read the first portion of John chapter 1. I'm not going into that today. I've done it many times. Jesus is God. He was God in the flesh when he walked this planet. He was 100% man and 100% God. He never sinned. Can you imagine this? From 
the time of a baby until the time he went to the cross. No sin. He, he is the only one who has ever kept the Ten Commandments and all the other ones they added on. But the Ten Commandments are the baseline. He kept them all. He never broke any of them. I probably broke one of them getting out of bed this morning. Now, am I a blatant sinner? No, I will say I am not. I don't go out on, out of my way to sin. Does sin in, come into my life? Do I, do I sin? Yes, I probably do, more than I'd like. But I have a conviction for those ones that I am so aware of. I say something or do something I know I should not do. I have conviction. But there are those little sins along the way that that come upon you, those thoughts in your in your thought life that, that drag you into all kinds of crazy things you have no control over because your brain gets a little bit out of whack and goes the wrong direction. We need to pray constantly for the mind of Christ. Here's the thing. We have changed God over the period of the years, many decades and centuries even. You know, God says in Malachi 3, 6, I am the Lord and I change not. He says in Hebrews chapter 13, I'm sorry. Yes, 13 verse 8. He says, Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't quote me on that. I think I messed that up. But we know, the, we know the verses. We know these two. I've used them all the time. Malachi 3, 6 says, I am the Lord and I change not. This is, I keep going back to a, uh, a podcast I did a while back, and, and it says, the, the title of it was, If it was wrong 4,000 years ago, it's wrong still today. You know, just because we as Christians, Gentile types, say we're not under the law doesn't mean the law does not exist we are too ed, 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 what, what did jesus say he said there's there's two great commandments love the lord thy god with all thy heart mind soul and body and love your neighbor as you love yourself if you don't know what that means go back a few pods and listen to it again we need to keep our, 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 our vessel here as clean as possible. It doesn't need to be bound up by sin. We keep changing the God of heaven into a God that makes us happy. We keep trying to recreate God when he is the creator who made us. Why is it so necessary, especially in Christian circles specifically? I'm speaking to the preachers that I don't think there's many that listen, but those of you out there who aren't teaching and preaching the whole counsel of God, you're not carrying the water, so to speak, as you're supposed to. You're leaving your sheep in the darkness. You've been entrusted, to matter, no matter how big your congregation, if it be 15 or 15,000, to carry that counsel of God. Not just the uplifting, encouraging parts. 
although it is good to give people encouraging word, they need to also know that God has not changed. Now, I do. I have heard that from the pulpit a couple of times here of re- recently and of, of late. But the ex- expounding that needs to be put into this is how righteous the God that we serve is. He doesn't wink at sin. He doesn't sit there and say, well, that's okay. I know you didn't mean it. Or when you blatantly disregard and just go your own way. We as people who are of the cross, people who are of Christian persuasion, need to learn obedience. But how do we know what's obedient? What are we supposed to be obedient to? How are we supposed to get ourselves into this obedience? We need to study the word of God too. Timothy. We're going to Second Timothy. You'll hear my Bible because this is a good microphone I'm using. Second Timothy. And I think everybody knows this verse if you've listened to me for any period of time. I didn't have this set, so I couldn't just flip right to it. Second Epistle of Timothy, chapter 2. And we're going to scurry through two verses, 15 and 16. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that it needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. In your Bible, if you underlined rightly dividing the word of truth would be good. That's the, that's the, 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 the uh, measuring line for a preacher. Does he take the word of God and rightly divide it? Does he bring uh, just one verse and then go off on a plethora of examples, jokes, and stories? Or does he take you from verse to verse and show you that this is the way God has set this piece, this piece up? It's, it's, it's got sinews and it's got value and it, it has connecting tissue. Verse number 16, but shun profane and vain babbling, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Stay away from that stuff. It does no good. We need solid food. You can't feed people milk all the time. 1 Timothy 6 is a reference as well. You just flip back a page or two in your Bible. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 20. This is the end of 1 Timothy. O Timothy, keep that which is commanded or committed to your trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely called falsely so called what is all that what is all that for he's telling timothy look don't get caught up in the vain babblings the the the, the, the stories of the day the 
politics, the, 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 the mess of the world, because it's full of mess. It's got all kinds of things out there that'll suck you in. And then no, these people will be sitting. We need to hear. There's people that want to go to church and get a news report. It's okay to touch on certain things. Drag queen story hour at the library should not happen. And we need to stand against it. Okay, good enough. We don't need details. I'm not here to do news. I quit doing news. Tucker does a whole lot better job than I do, and he only does it in 15 minutes usually in his new video way he does it. Fox News, I wouldn't give you 10 seconds for any day of the week. They get nothing. You'll find where you need to go for your news. Be careful because it's skewed in every direction. It's rarely ever skewed towards God. Listen, studying the word of God is how we become obedient. That You can't know how to be obedient if you don't read the word of God. If you don't seek out good teachers who will push you in the right direction. These other things, the vain babblings and all the other things, you know, the things that they, they, they end up taking an effect on our efforts and our time. The busyness of this life drowns out the spirit. I'm too busy. I don't have time to read today. I don't have time to study today. I don't have time to listen to, you know, uh, whoever. Hopefully you're listening to me. As I attempt to do the best that I can to lead those of you who are willing to listen down the right path. We need obedience. You know, People are too busy seeking after entertainment. And that drowns out and devoids us of the good conversation with God and communing with him. We need that more than anything. Church, if you have a pastor that doesn't pray, if he doesn't spend hours a week at least or a day in prayer, you haven't got a pastor. You've got a, a, a pop psychology guy. He has the ability to parse out some scripture and throw it at you. But has he prayed about it? Has he put time into it? Is he seeking God to see what God wants him to bring? Many do not. Jesus, Peter, John, Paul, etc., all these guys, they didn't go for an entertaining gospel. It didn't have to have the flash pots and the bangs and the booms. Or Michael like this, the soupy pans. They didn't need all that extraneous stuff, the worship teams. I'm not against worship teams. I was in one. I think sometimes we might have got a little out of hand, but we we, we had a good time, and I, I believe that we helped the people along the way to to get them into an attitude of worship. But these guys didn't have any of that. They just had their feet and their ability 
to gather a crowd, or they went to a crowd and preached the gospel. And they were hated for it. They were hated for their for their lifestyles, the way that they lived. They were hated for it. Oh, look, he thinks he's better than me. Why? Because he preaches the gospel. Because he stands up for Christ. Because he, he's standing there in, in his dirty robes, usually, in his dirty feet, telling me about a Savior. What do I need a Savior for? It doesn't look like he's doing him any good. That's what people would do. They would walk away. Now, some people, of course, we had people who were, who were very much touched and gave their lives and gave their all for Jesus through the preaching. And that's what it takes preachers to go and do the preaching. They hated it. Some of these people absolutely hated it the apostles, and they hate us as well. They hate when you bring up Jesus. They don't want to hear it. And their deaths were cruel and vicious. They did not die pleasantly. John died of old age, but he he went through a, 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 a holy mess to get there. He was they tried to boil him in oil or something at one point. Exiled him to Patmos. I think he finally got away from there and he died up around Ephesus in southern Turkey. But these guys didn't live with uh grand pianos in their in their in their in their uh, music room or what do you call that uh, uh the word escapes me but you know they uh they didn't have that they didn't have telescopes that could see to mars or whatever in their observatories in their palatial ma- they didn't have that they had their feet and they had the gospel They died headless, crucified upside down, speared, thrown off of temple walls. Horrible deaths. Stoned like Stephen. When you you get into people's lives and you start to stir up the devils that live there, then that's what it is, folks. I don't, we don't talk about devils today, Tom. There's no such thing as devils and demons. We don't go around throwing these things out of people. That just doesn't happen. That was first century stuff. I'm here to tell you, you are confused. There is a very real war going on that we cannot see. When we see these things that we do see, the wars that go on, there is a devil behind it all somewhere. There's the good guys and the bad guys. Uh, you have to read that in Revelation as well. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And Michael won. And the dragon, devil, 
Satan was thrown down to earth where he knows his time is short. So he goes on a rampage. That's the Tom version of the Bible. When you read, you, you, you have to understand there are things that as a Christian, you are called not to do. There are things as a Christian, you should never do. Now, none of us are perfect. We make mistakes. Revelation 21, verse number 8, wait, for 7 and 8. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. That's God speaking. That's Jesus. But the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. These poor individuals have died once. They died in their sins, and they went to a place called hell. H-E-L-L. It exists. From everything that we can read in the scriptures, it is below your feet. They say that the, that the uh, magma that burns in the center of this earth burns at a degree of like 90,000 Fahrenheit, something like that. I have not done the scientific research on that, but it's extremely hot. And if this is the place of the undead, the dead who go to hell, they, they go there. The earth is spinning constantly, is it not? The insides are as well. You have no firm foothold. You sink constantly. It's an endless pit because you can't stand up in it. And it burns and you burn, but you don't disappear. You don't poof and you're gone. It's a consistent burning constantly. Oh, but then comes judgment day and you get, you get released because it says the death and hell gave up their dead and they stood before a great white throne and they were judged. And guess what? They weren't found in the book of life and poof, they go into the lake of fire for eternity. Now people don't believe that. Why not? It's in the Bible. Ah, it's an old book. 2000 to 4,000 years old. These writings are, are not worth our time. But it's the word of God, no matter what they say. Well, you, you have the translations, and they're all different, and they all contradict. No, they don't. The truth is the truth. The truth will stay the truth, and the truth is just there. These people, some of them in our churches even, but all of them that have never made the trip to Jesus, they've never had the encounter with the living God. They need one. I, I, I pray all the time for another one. I've had one. It doesn't make me better than anybody either. It simply says that I have been pulled out as Jude says, grab them by the, by the shirt collar and yank them out of the flames before it's too late. 
1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 and 10 uh, also give you a list of things that Paul said to the Corinthians, you know, do you not know that these will not inherit the kingdom of God? And it goes through the whole adulterers, fornicators, all the other things, the porn addicts, the, the whole nine yards, drunkards, on and on. Such as were some of you, He's, he ends it with nicely. But he tells them straight up, if you're doing these things, you're going to hell. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is not popular preaching. This is not what people want to hear. I want to hear once saved, always saved. I said the prayer. It's good. I'm done. I'm okay. Uh, you want to go to church? No. I said the prayer. I don't need church. I made a profession of Christ. I hear people say, oh, yeah, he got saved when he was a child, 14, 15 years old, but he doesn't live for Christ anymore, or he doesn't live for God. I said, well, who does he live for? You've got two choices. Be ye holy as he is holy. Who is that? Who's the he? God, Jesus. They are holy. They're holy. Peter, that's First Peter. I actually have that verse down at the bottom of my notes again today. 115. First Peter 115. Now, can you be holy? Can I be holy? I, I know I can't. But we're called to put on the holiness of Christ. The Holy Ghost has come to live within you. You should have some semblance of holiness. There should be some fruit in your life that shows who you are. If your mouth is constantly flowing with filth and your mind is being filled with filth, from the music you listen to, to the TV shows you watch, to the, to the whatever, YouTube videos and the rest. If it's all filth, you are too. Don't like it, sorry. Read your Bible. If you don't like what I said, you won't like what God says. And I know that's a cop-out. That sounds like a some guy that thinks he's so much better than me. I do not. I've often said I only aspire to be better than who I was yesterday. And yesterday was not a good day at at some points in time. For the most part, during my churching time and in between, it was good. After that, things kind of went south for personal reasons. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Isaiah, I, I talked about having an encounter with God. Isaiah chapter 6, and I'm not going to make you go there today because we've looked at it before. He goes to the temple. He is a temple priest. He goes to the temple the year that, uh, that King Uzziah died. And when he saw God in the temple. His train filled the temple. And the angels that were around him with all these wings, two wings here, two wings there, two wings there, covered their eyes or their midsection, their feet, saying, holy, holy, holy. They didn't yell out, love, 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 or God, God is love, God is love, God is love. They said, holy. That's all they said. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They didn't say, oh, Isaiah, a good person. 
came in. No, they, their focus was on God. And trust me, so was Isaiah's. He was broken. He says, I am undone. I am unworthy. I, I can't, you can't, just kill me now. Isaiah was broken. The encounter that you had or will have or want to have with God is the one that breaks you. Can I say that mine broke me? Well, it took me from being a rank reprobate sinner to uh, not. Just a man who had to work through many years of sanctification People like to go about. Now, notice, you know, Isaiah didn't do this. He had a, when his, in his encounter with God, he didn't say, "Hey, wait a minute, I'm a good person. I, I do good things. Look, I'm working in the temple. God, look, I try to be nice to everybody, strangers, even, etc. I, I just, I'm good. I'm a good guy." He didn't say any of that. When you come face to face with holiness, you find out just how unholy you are. You find out how unnice you are. You find out how not good you are. And if your ego will not allow you to be broken in these ways, then you have a problem. It's called sin Sin is the, the, it's the only thing that you get paid out of it is death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of life eternal from God. Listen, what is wrong with us that we cannot accept these things? What is wrong that we can't come to an agreement with God and say, I'm not a good person. I'm not a good guy. I'm only good if you are working through me. You know, people say, well, I give to the charities. I, 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 I go to Goodwill and I give stuff or, or Habitat or whoever. Your good deeds, your good works, your tithes, your offerings, all these things that you think, the sacrifices, they're nothing. Isaiah 64 says this. I've got two Bibles open to it. Let's go to the old book. I know you should have read from the new American standard because that's what I like better. No, Isaiah 64 and verse number six, a well-known verse as well, but people just blow it off. (sighs) But we are all of us, or I'm sorry, we are all as an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses, are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Willful sinning, that mouth that runs like a toilet, curses God, those deeds that you think are so good, but they're done in a, in a hey, look at me fashion. It's all about me, humanism. God looks at that and says they mean nothing. Try to tell that to a rank sinner someday. They mean nothing. God's not interested in what you do unless you're doing it in his name. 
Oh, I am. I'm doing it for God. No, you're not. You don't even know God. And I, I know I sound a little bit on the edge, but that's, that's just how it is. You have made a God that fits your lifestyle. Oh, God knows my heart. I'm right with God. I have peace with God. And then you hear this plethora and this, this multitude of nothing but garbage and no God. How much time do you spend in your Bible? None. I don't need it. I've got God. I don't need to read my Bible. I don't need to, you know, spend all day in church. I do not preach church, by the way. I believe that it is a good thing to be in a good, solid church. You can't go wrong in a good, solid church. There's a lot of churches out there that are struggling. They become evangelical, as they call themselves, and they've kind of gone the way of a, of a watered-down gospel. And you'll know if you get into your Bible and read, and you know the God who saved you, you know that Jesus has entered your heart, or however you want to put it, that you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. That's one way that one fellow I know likes it. Some people say, are you saved? I would say, have you had a true encounter with the living God? Have you had a spiritual eye-to-eye where you shook? We aren't going to have this extravagance that Isaiah had. Now, if you do, I'll tell you what, that'd be awesome, but it would also be the most frightening thing that ever happened to you. You come face-to-face with God, it would definitely change you. Is there such a thing as near-death experiences? Most of the people I know who have died during heart attacks, and I know I've, I've talked to four or five, so that's not really a big swath when they died, which they each one of these people did, and some of them I know personally, they're in the family or whatever, they saw nothing. It was black. That was it. That's all I remember is blackness. So there's, there's a lot to be said about NDEs, near-death experiences, and seeing God in them or seeing Jesus in them. Uh, I don't know what happens with some of these folks that do. I'm not discounting them because I, I can't. You know, I'm, not, I'm not in their shoes. But if they're spinning tails, then they better quit. But I, like I say, I've talked to a guy. I stood with a guy in a guitar shop one day. We were talking and playing some guitars. He, he actually helped me pick out one. He said, yeah, try this one. It's, it's a good price, and it's a, it's, it's a good guitar. So I, 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 yeah, I had him play it, and I stood there and listened to it. And we got talking, and he said, you know, I had a heart attack, and I died. And I looked at him and said, wow. And I was talking about you know, I was talking about being a preacher and being a podcaster or whatever. And he says, before you ask me, I didn't see anything. I didn't see God. I didn't go to heaven. I didn't go to hell. I just saw nothing. And then the next thing I know, I'm back. I was like, you know what? Oh, actually was, I would have asked you. I didn't want to put you on the spot, but I've heard that from several other people. It's just black. Now, maybe that's because you are, Coming back, God's going to send you back. I don't know. I have no idea. I didn't want to go down that rabbit trail. But uh, 
seeing God face to face would be probably give me a heart attack. Holiness of that purity of that caliber, we have nothing. We've never come to anything close to anything like that. Seeing it, and if you have, let me know, please. I would have you on here with me to discuss it in a biblical sense. But I'm telling you, that encounter would change you forever. It would it would do it would make you feel new. The words born again as it speaks of in John chapter three. There would be no turning back. No turning back. Romans three. Oh, you knew he's going to make it to Romans sooner or later. That's where we get the fist in the face and everything hurts from then on. Romans chapter 3. When when people take you down the Romans road, they, they use 323. Some of them use 310 and 323. We're not reading as far as 323 today. We're just going to go over a little bit in uh, starting at Romans 3 and verse number 10. I want to also incorporate a little thought as well in here, just as an aside. Uh, In Psalm 53, verse 1, it says, the the, the fool, (laughs) the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Corrupt are they, and they have done abominable iniquity. There is none that doeth good. The fool says there is no God. They People say that's why there's April Fool's Day. It's an atheist holiday. That's just some funny stuff in the church. But here's the thing. When you've made a God in your own image, you have, you have fooled yourself. God does not change. You can't change him to fit your, you know, you put up this boundary and I'm going to stay in here and I'm going to enjoy what I do. I'm going to hang out with my friends who are, you know, filthy mouth drinkers and pot smokers and everything else. But I still believe in God and I've, I've, you know, all that. God's not going to look down. He knows my heart. He knows I got a good heart. He does. (laughs) He does know your heart. And the heart is despicably wicked, desperately wicked. Who can know it? Well, God can, and he does. When I hear somebody say that, God knows my heart. I don't argue with them. And I already know that when I've gotten to that far, it's things just aren't going to go well from there on. So it's time to just, disengage and they say well i offended you you know you know i offended you and i offended those demons that live within you there are demons that live in people that control them to continue in the ways of sin that they do the iniquitous sins that talked about there in 53 1 abominable iniquity Let's go to our text here in Romans, starting verse number three. 
I'm sorry, Romans 3, starting verse number 10. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. There is none that understands. There is none that seeks after God. I'm, I'm reading from the King James, but I'm taking the F's out, <laughs> the understandeth and the seeketh. We, but if you're reading along, that's that's where I'm at. It's King James. I'm I'm just you know polishing it a little bit for our modern era English. Verse number twelve. They are all, they are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher, tomb, whatever. With their tongues, they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their, in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. Verse 18. You've heard this one from me before. There is no fear of God before their eyes. That's a lot of stuff to take in. But if you're sitting there at home... And I pray some of you may be, please, please read that. Go through that. Let that sink in. Their fruit is our guide, Jesus tells us. By the fruit, you'll know. A good tree gives good fruit. Bad tree gives bad fruit. The bulk of this world is like what I've just read. They're pleasure seekers, drugs, alcohol, porn, violence, hate, addicted to the computer, Facebook, phones. Look, I'm not against those things if they're used properly. I have trimmed a lot of people out of my so-called Facebook page. I use MeWe a lot. Me and my buddy Mike go back and forth on there chatting. And you know, that, that's, that's, that's usually... Uh, lift uplifting you know we 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 have we have similar problems at times that we have to find somebody that can really connect with us and it's us and we have our wives as well that are in in the mess with us but you know there, there's so much going on in this world verse number three i'm sorry romans 3 verse 16 destruction and misery are in their ways. Uh, Roman, uh, sorry, Revelation nine eleven speaks of the bottomless pit and the uh, and the uh, leader of these demons that comes out with by the name of Apollyon and Abaddon, which means in the Greek and the Hebrew destroyer. These people who are into destruction, blowing everything up, burning down buildings, all the stuff. You know, we talked about that way back and during the riots. They they are working in this spirit of the Apollyon and the Abaddon. 
But that's not the only thing that gets destructed. That's not the only thing that these people in, in Romans chapter 3 are into destroying. Because their mouth is their mouth or their throat is an open sepulchre. That's death. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps, snakes, two two step vipers is under their is under their tongue. Why do people want to live in such a way? Why do they they feel the need to destroy anything and everything that comes into their life that might be good? Because they don't definitely want to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. They don't want to hear that, hey, it changed the lives of so many people. And usually including the person that they're talking to. But they just, they don't want to, they want no part of that. Get away from me with your Jesus stuff. I'm right with God. I know God. God knows me. But they'd rather be living in this world of deception and and using their tongues as deceptive tools, deceitful tools. This is, this is, I've read this passages of scripture, this passage, I should say. Feet swift to shed blood. Their feet aren't shed with the preparation of the gospel. They're shed with the, with, the, with the main intent of destroying. Notice that's what 15 and 16 go together. Feet are swift to shed blood, comma. No. Colon. Destruction and misery are in their ways. Psalm 23 says that we should have mercy And I follow all my days. Again, Holy Spirit, bringing things to my mind that I, I, I just wasn't ready to, to throw out there, but we'll get to that in a moment. We don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be someone who's, who leaves nothing but misery behind everywhere I go. Why would you? Verse 6, Psalm 23, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. But these people, destruction and misery are in their ways. The way of peace have they not known. What is the way of peace? The way of peace is Jesus the way that back in the first century, they called it the way it was a way to, uh, cause that's what a lot of these people referred to themselves as. I believe I'm, I'm in the way. I mean, the, the way of Christ. <laughs> yeah. And you're in the way of the devil and he doesn't like it. The way we here in Ohio, we say, Hey, you're in my way, which just means you're standing in my path and get out. The people who fit 
in this category of these eight verses. And, and I'm, I, I'm so sad to see. I just, it hurts. There's no righteous ones. None. Not one. That includes us. But our righteousness is in Christ. There's none that understand. There's none that seek after God. Now, once you come to Christ, you start to understand the word of God. You start to seek after God. Unless you're backslidden and living in that iniquity of willful sinning, then you kind of try to hide from God. Remember Adam and Eve? What'd they do? Put on some fig leaves, tried to hide their nakedness, tried to hide from God. God said, where are you, Adam? He knew where Adam was at. He wanted a response. I'm over here, but I'm scared. Why are you afraid? You shouldn't know fear. Walked with the Lord in the garden, but yet hid from him. So many of our pew-sitting friends, and I'm not knocking on the church, get get me wrong, because the church is necessary in a time when it's, that we're living in for sure we need revival but we have a we have a problem because it's fig leaves you know we 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 live week to week most of most of christianity is sunday to sunday sunday's that time we not we lock out for god and then the rest of the week it's you know do my own thing and Sunday morning, it's a fig leaf. You know, I'm going to put on a fig leaf. I'm going to hide here. Hide all my stuff. You know, the throwing that little bit in the offering plate, whatever it is. If you're doing 10%, awesome. It's fig leaf, though, if you aren't following Christ. It's just something more that you can use to hide yourself. I'm doing right. I'm, got, I'm tithing. I'm here. I'm in, I'm in the pew. Are you taking and applying the things that you hear from the pulpit. Hopefully you're hearing good stuff. The Bible. Are you taking those things and applying them to your life? Or is it just another fig leaf? Well, I listened to the message. What was it about? Now, I'll tell you what. After about a week, and I've listened to three or four different messages of my own. Not my own, but of other preachers and stuff. I may forget what the guy said on Sunday morning. But if it's poignant and it's it's good, I'll remember it. There'll there'll be recalls. I, I, yeah, I remember he said this. I, I was I was intrigued. Verse twelve. They are all gone out of the way. They are together, become unprofitable. This is people I believe who have backslid. They've left the way. They've gone out of the way. They were, they were in the way of Christ, but they all together have become unprofitable. There's none doing good. There's none that doeth good. There's none doing good. No, not one. Now, I could be wrong about that, but it could apply to the backslider. You've left the way. You're, you're not in it. You've gone out of the way. And in doing so, you become unprofitable. You're probably not going to church and throwing a little bit of tithe in that, in that bucket. I never talk about money. I just 
the, the truth of it. You're not sitting there trying to get a message from some preacher. You definitely aren't going to take time to listen to the guy on the podcast. But let me, as I wrap up this thing today, quickly. The God we serve has not changed. He is a God of justice. He is a God of righteousness. And he's a God of total, 100%, even beyond that, 1,000% truth. Every word in your Bible is true. Don't let anybody tell you. I don't care what version you're using. Just don't use, like, there's a few of them out there that I really don't like. The NIV, I don't like. Some people love it. They use it. I don't, I don't like it. Um, New American Standard is one of my favorites other than King James. New King James, okay. Um, there's a lot of quarreling and yelling back and forth about perversions or perversions. I don't care if you get saved and you're reading the word of God, if it's a newer English translation, then so be it. But stay away from the message, the, the uh, passion version and the living Bible, all put together by one person in each one, different guys, but one person translated it, not a board of uh, PhDs and master's degree holding people. The, the uh, uh, King James had a, a board, the uh, New King James, the even the RSV, I think, had. But, you know, the, these other ones, they one guy decides, I'm going to retranslate. I'm going to put it in, in easier-to-understand terms, and it usually ends up being less than a novel. But that God that we serve is in the pages of these books, in the pages of these Bibles. And again, he is a God of justice, righteousness, and 100% total truth. Remember I said before, be ye holy, even as he is holy. It is so important, so important that we understand this God that we serve. It's so important that we grasp his magnificence. There's, there's books out there that you can read that'll help you along. A.W. Tozer wrote one called, uh, oh my goodness, left my brain. Something like the holiness of God. Let me try to remember that and I'll put it in my show notes, but uh, a, a book that, that this goes through the the the, the magnificence of God, and people say, "Well, oh, I, I understand. I read the Bible," but really, get a grasp of who God is, and it makes you shake. First Peter two nine. You, we, are a chosen generation. That means a genealogy. We've been pulled into a a, a new family. We're a chosen generation, a, whole, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That's where our problem is. We're different than those that live outside of Christ. That ye should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Called you from the darkness into the marvelous light. 
He's he's given you a life to live that is now worth living. First Peter one fifteen. We talked about it already. I already threw it out there. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation or the way you live. You can even use that one. You know, conversation in the King James usually translate into your manner of living, your lifestyle. You should live as holy as you can to that manner and that lifestyle. It exudes from you to the fact that people know and they want to know what is different about you. What is it that you have? I want that. I want to be able to be in a better mood. This world is dragging me down, but you're, you don't seem to be getting pulled with it. But some people just love to be anchored in the filth. They won't come out. It's fun. I want fun. I want entertainment. The lusts of the flesh tear us apart. Be ye holy for I am holy is what God said. And he's, he's God. He has no respect of persons. He judges according to every man's work. So pass the time of your sojourning here, your traveling here in fear. Don't fall into the trap that we had back there in Romans 3, 18, where it says simply, there is no fear of God before their eyes. People say, I don't want to be afraid of God. I just want to love God. Well, understand very, very quickly and very plainly. You can do both. He's your father. If you act out, he will chastise you. You you will be punished. You will feel the belt. You will feel the woodshed moments. You won't be able to walk 10 feet if you blaspheme his name before you are completely convicted. And I pray you never do that. You won't be able to engage in some iniquitous lifestyle without being constantly nailed for it. God will bring you out of it. He is your father. He's father God. And there is no fear above God before these other people's eyes. We need to have that righteous fear so that we stay on the path. So that we do not go out of the way and become unprofitable. We may work on that a little bit more later. And I always say these things and I don't do them right. Friends, we've covered a lot today. And I want you to just soak it in. Listen. And just let your life shine as it is for Christ. Until the next time, it's Tom Richardson. August. The 14th.
2023. Mark it on your calendar. Till next time. Bye.